All right, good morning, everyone, or I guess good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. Once again, as the Crossing Church, we are social distancing, gathering separately in homes, uh, like many other churches uh, in our nation. Um, maybe you're by yourself, you're with your family, maybe like us, you wait until kids' nap time so you can actually listen to all this. Whatever the case, uh, I'm very grateful uh, that we get to continue to take time each week and to worship our God, continue to hear the gospel proclaimed, uh, and hopefully continue to gather as MCs and DNAs through through Zoom. Uh, if you aren't a part of anything like that, uh, I would strongly recommend finding a way to join in that. I know for me, seeing you all, uh, even if it's through my computer screen and sometimes it's slow and some people don't mute when they're making a lot of noise so their faces will randomly pop up when someone else is talking uh, even through all this uh, seeing you hearing from you has been the biggest help during this time it's confusing why this is happening or what the church's role is in all this uh, but i do know i'm so thankful for the church's role in encouraging me my family, making me laugh and praying for me. Uh, so for that, I, I miss you guys a lot. This week, uh, we are continuing to walk through this entire story of the Bible. And so to refresh from last week, we're still in Exodus. Uh, the Israelites have now escaped from Egypt and traveling through the wilderness. Uh, we ended with God establishing his covenant with his people and giving them the Ten Commandments. After chapter 20, we see more laws and the Lord commands and gives instructions on various things, including the Ark of the Covenant, the Tabernacle, and we're going to pick up in chapter 32, and we're going to work our way through all the way to 34, and what we really want to get to is chapter 34, and we get to think on and discuss God's glory, but I want to pray first. Father, we thank you so much for how good you are to us in the midst of everything going on right now. We can still look back, we can still look at our lives today and see that you are good, you're gracious, you provide, God. Even when sickness is around us, when we don't get to be around our friends, our family, uh, you are still the same, God. And thank you that you will never change, that you will not be defeated by this virus. You will not be defeated by politics. Uh, you will not be defeated by sin, that you have already won. And thank you so much that we get to be a part of this. So God, I pray that you strengthen us, encourage us with your word and prayer with the church, God. Uh, God, open our eyes to what our role is in all this, God. That, that our, our, our job, our, our mission as the church has not ended. It is not on any hiatus. Um, that we are still called to make disciples. And so, whatever avenue that looks like, God, please show us that as a church. Thank you for this time. Uh, it's, it's weird listening to a recording. It's weird not preaching to anybody. Um, but God, the gospel is still proclaimed 
through the Crossing Church and through other churches in the area. And we thank you that um, this is not about a certain time of day, the building, the production, God. Uh, this is about you. So we thank you so much for that reminder in all this. Amen. Exodus chapter 32. Um, Moses is on Mount Sinai with God. He has just received the two stone tablets inscribed by God that contain the laws of this covenant. And then stuff gets crazy really quick. Verse 1 of 32. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron replied to them, Take off the gold rings that are on your ears, and your wives and your sons and your daughters' ears, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. Then he said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you from the land of Egypt. And then it says that the Lord tells Moses on the mountain what's happening and to go down at once, he tells Moses to leave him, leave his presence, so that he and his anger can burn against them and destroy them. But Moses seeks God's favor, picking up in verse 13, Exodus 32, Exodus 32 uh, 13, 14. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by yourself and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars the sky and I will give your offspring all this land that I've promised and they will inherit it forever so the Lord relented concerning the disaster he said he would bring on his people Moses then goes back down the mountain sees the calf sees the dancing uh, becomes so enraged that he throws the tablets smashing them uh, on the side of the mountain and then destroys the gold calf the Israelites uh, do not follow God's command. They they so quickly break this covenant. And it is, it's the first thing that God commands in chapter 20 and in 3 and 4. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or the waters underneath the earth. They so quickly run to what they think is best for them. What's easiest will give them the most immediate satisfaction. They absolutely forget or deny who it was who brought them out of captivity. They forget and deny everything that has been done for them. They start worshiping a gold calf that they make themselves. This sounds a lot like what we do every day. Uh, We... uh, We'll get to that, uh, but I want to keep moving on our way to 34. What kind of waits for us there? In 33, uh, after this, God tells Moses that because of all this, he will not go with them to the promised land. Um, He's going to send an angel ahead of them uh, to help them, to lead the way. He then says, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. Because of this, God is so close to destroying 
this people he just made this covenant with because they are the stiff-necked people. God offers us in this angel because he will not go with them. Moses then sets up a tent outside the camp to meet with the Lord. He pleads to God that his presence go with them. In, in chapter 33, 15-17, Moses says, If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, Don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all other people in the face of the earth. The Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you've asked, for you have found favor with me, and I know you by name. Moses is saying that without the Lord's presence, their journey to the promised land is pointless. This this angel who, who God offers to go with them would do everything they needed. This angel could have driven out the enemies that, that were there. The Israelites could have been safely in the promised land. This angel would have provided everything they needed. And so why is Moses convinced that they need the presence of God to go with them? The presence of His glory. How often are we okay with just everything that we need? The necessities. If all I need is money, a home, my family, uh, then why would I need a daily relationship with God? I'll, I'll just have religion in case hell is, is actually real, that get out of hell free card, whatever. Uh, I asked God into my heart when I was seven, so I'm good after that. You know, Why would we need a, a daily relationship, a real relationship with God to be in his presence um, if we have everything we need with religion? Moses uh, really hits the nail on the head. Uh, when in, in 16 when he says how will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us I and your people will be distinguished by this from all other people in the face of the earth Moses is saying if you are not with us then what's the difference between us and everyone else in the world this answer is nothing we uh, will have different backgrounds different cultures but in the end two people who aren't in the presence of God, two people who aren't saved by the work of Jesus will both have the same fate in eternity in hell. And and even on earth, while the lives of of the people of God are led and ruled by the King of Kings, any other life is led and ruled by sin. God obviously knows this and agrees to go with them. Why? Why? Um, because this was his plan all along, because Moses saw the need and pleaded with God to go with them. Both. Maybe it is both. Um, it's mysterious, confusing, uh, but don't get caught up in this and, and, and kind of trip over and miss this. Um, see your need for his presence, for his, his glory, and ask for it. Plead with him for it. When you feel like you have everything under control, plea with him for his presence. When you feel uh, you are so far from him and you don't remember the last time you were truly in the presence of the Lord, you don't remember the last time you truly had a zeal for the Lord, ask him to go with you. Ask him to send his presence with you. Ask him for his glory.
and any, any other need you have after that, ask Him for it. During our prayer time, our, our prayer and devotion time as a church, Friday morning, um, we're doing that uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and, and Friday morning at 6.30. If you want to be a part of that. Um, but anyway, Friday morning, we read through Luke chapter 12, um, passage there, and reminded that there is no need to worry because so much more than than takes care of the birds, the flowers, God is going to provide for His children. But we have to have a relationship with Him. We have to be aware of who He is, aware of who we are in the light of that, be aware of our needs, and ask the Lord to provide. Pray and ask Him to provide for us. Moses asks, and God provides. And then, out of nowhere, Moses goes above and beyond what he's asking God for. Getting to the bigger picture here in verse 18 to 33. Then Moses said, after God agrees to go with them, agrees to send his presence with them, because Moses pleaded, because he's found favor with the Lord. After this, God, God agrees to go with them. And then Moses says, Please let me see your glory. It's it's like when your parents are in a really good mood or were in a really good mood when you were younger for some reason and you keep asking for stuff knowing it's going to end eventually, the bigger the requests get. Um, but what do you have to lose? My mom has been in high, been a high school basketball coach in our hometown since uh, before I was born. Uh, when I was younger, my best friend lived right down the street from the gym, and he would uh, come watch games when we had games there, and uh, we'd either watch them or run around the gym. But no matter what, uh, we always paid attention to the end of my mom's games because if she lost, we both knew it was just best for him to walk home, like right then. Uh, she was not going to be in a great mood. Uh, but if she won, that changed everything. Uh, can Jack spend the night? Sure. Can we uh, order pizza? Yeah. Can we rent a movie? That sounds like a great idea. She was in a great mood. And so we just asked and asked and asked. Um, and she usually said yes. And so it seems like Moses is, is feeling this way right now. Uh, God was on the verge of destroying them. But instead agrees to go with them to the promised land. Totally totally flips in, in the eyes of Moses. Um, Moses must be feeling good because he goes all out with this next request. Please let me see your glory. And, and this is not the same as the Israelites being in the presence of God. God is going to tabernacle among them. Behind all the curtains, um, all the all these sections, and they'll be able to to draw near. Moses has already established the the need for God's presence among them in that way, but this is way beyond that. What does this mean? And why is God asking? Why is Moses asking to see God's glory? The relationship between God and the Israelites on this journey so far has been a means to an end. Um, they need out of Egypt, 
God frees them. Pharaoh and his troops are about to overtake them. God saves them. They need food. God provides so much so that, that when God doesn't meet the need quick enough, according to them, Aaron makes a gold calf. Like we, we can relate to this, this idea of, of God being a means to an end. Money. Uh, please, God, provide a job for me. Uh, I need clarity about my future. Please show me your will. Show me what the plan is. Show me what I need to do. It, it can be really good things too. Uh, I'm, I'm too worried about what people think of me. I'm too prideful. Please, God, give me peace about who I am in you. I continue to satisfy my flesh and I deserve hell. Please, God, save me. He's a good and loving father. He is going to provide for us. But is he just a means to an end for us? We can think about marriage in this way as well. If Chandler married me to be a means to an end, she would have quickly been disappointed and wanted out. Marry me so she could have lots of money and never have to work again? Nope. Marry me so she could have someone cook really healthy meals for her and never suggest just going to get canes instead? No. Uh, marry me so that we can have perfect kids, be perfect parents? Definitely not. Uh, we get married because of the love that we have for one another, not because of what we could get out of this relationship. We get a lot of good things out of our relationship, but our marriage is not a means to an end. So why do I so often treat God like he is a means to an end? Tim Keller talks about God's glory being very different from this mentality. It's much more than a means to an end. He says to be smitten with God's glory is to be smitten with his beauty. And to find God beautiful, not just useful, is to find God satisfying just for who he is in himself. It is to worship him for himself, not what you get out of it. Church, do we worship God for who he is, or do we worship him for what he does for us? After uh, this crazy request, the Lord agrees to this. Uh, but only kind of. In, uh, in verse 19, he says, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim the name the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he added, verse 20, You cannot see my face, for humans cannot see me and live. The Lord said, Here is a place near me. You are to stand on the rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away. You will see my back. But my face will not be seen. If Moses, according to God right now, if Moses were to see God's face, his, to see his full glory, Moses would die. It's, it's unimaginable how how incredible, how amazing his full glory, his face must be to cause Moses to die if he, he, if he sees it. Um, but God is going to 
agree to this request, this, this out of nowhere request by Moses. Um, he's going to let Moses see some of his glory, the, the back part of his glory, so that Moses will not die. The next day, God commands Moses to cut two new stone tablets. And, and this, is, this is big. Um, these, these new stone tablets to replace the ones he broke at the base of the mountain, enraged uh, at what the Israelites were doing, throwing them. Uh, these new stone tablets to represent the covenant that the Israelites also broke. Moses does this as God commands uh, and goes to stand before him on the mountain. And then we pick up in uh, verse 5 of chapter 34. The Lord came down in a cloud, stood with him there, proclaimed his name, the Lord. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed the Lord. The Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the father's iniquity on the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished. This, this statement, this, this truth about God, this means that God is perfectly loving and that God is perfectly just. This is the glory of God that, that, that Moses sees. This is what would have killed Moses if he, if he would have seen the full face of it. Because this is impossible. This, this truth about God is impossible. If God is perfectly loving, then he will save everyone from the penalty of sin. No one will go, go unsaved. If he is perfectly loving, he loves everyone, he's going to save everyone. But if he's perfectly just based on the law, he will not save anyone because no one deserves to be saved. This is impossible. This cannot be. But in this passage, God is saying to Moses and, and, and to us through his word now, this is who I am. This is my beauty. This is my glory. This is what Moses sees, the back, the back parts. He has to just take this and, and understand as much as he can uh, because this is a mystery because he only gets to see part of God's glory. But we, the people of God now, we get to experience something so much better. John 1, 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus. We get Jesus. That, that is what we get to experience. This is how God can be both perfectly loving and perfectly just. 
by descending from his throne in the form of a man, living this sinful life that we could not, taking all our sin, serving as our sacrifice, experiencing the punishment that we deserve, raising the life again to secure the inheritance that we will never deserve. This is the glory of God. This is the glory of God that we as his people get to enjoy forever. If this is true for you, if you are a child of the King, rejoice because you get to experience the full glory of God forever. What Moses got to see was incredible. It completely changed who he was forever. But we get it all. We get to experience, to enjoy and worship him, not just for the things he gives or does for us. It's it's way beyond a means to an end. We get to worship him for who he is in all his glory. So this week, this even seemingly long, lonely, difficult month that we have ahead of us because of this virus, think on the glory of God. While you read, while you pray, while you meet with your your MC, your, your DNA groups, think on how beautiful He is. You can take time to, to think on how He's providing for you during this time. We, we often take time to express how God has been gracious to us. We absolutely need to do that. We, we need to look on how He's been gracious, how He is providing, to be reminded of this, to be reminded that He will provide. And thanking and praising Him for that. But then we get to move past that and see Him for who He truly is. No matter our circumstances, our God is glorious beyond anything we can imagine. And we see it through the work of Christ on the cross. If you don't know Jesus like this, if you don't have this relationship with God, where His presence is, is dwelling with you daily, but you want that, you you want to experience God's glory. I, I pray that God work in your heart right now, giving you this new life, no longer enslaved to sin, but now part of this kingdom. If you're confused, if you need questions answered, you just need discipleship right now in this extremely uh, difficult time to, to do those kind of things. Any of our missional community leaders uh, would love to point you to, to answers, to, to more people, to more resources. Uh, you can find out um, who those leaders are on the Connect section of our website. This, this season of life right now is very strange, really difficult, um, but I am I'm hopeful because I know the work is finished. I know the depths of anything this world has. Anything it throws at us does not compare to the glory 
of God. It, it, it does not compare to that glory revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Long ago God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times in different ways. In these last days He has spoken to us by His Son. God has appointed Him heir of all things. May the universe through Him. The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of His nature, sustaining all things by His powerful word. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So He became superior to the angels, just as the name He inherited is more excellent than theirs. Let's pray. Father, I thank You again for this reminder of Your glory. This reminder that we get to experience the fullness of it. That, that if the story ended um, in Exodus 34, um, we'd be so confused. Uh, that this impossible idea that you can be perfectly loving and perfectly just. It'd be impossible, God. But the story does not end there. We thank you so much that it does not end there. That, that, that it, it is still not ended. That we get to see your glory revealed, fulfilled, through your son, Jesus. And I thank you um, for that. And I thank you for saving me um, from an eternity apart from you, not in your presence, an eternity that, that I, I would never get to see your glory. Uh, but now, because of the work you have done, because you are perfectly loving and just, You've saved me, not based on anything that I can do, not based on anything that we could do. Um, we don't deserve it. Um, but you've given it to us. We thank you so much for that. God, during this uh, crazy season of life, uh, I pray that you sustain us with this, sustain us with your word, uh, and encourage us through this word, through your people, God. Remind us of this glory daily remind us of what you've done for us that you will provide but the, but even if if we lose absolutely everything if if stuff gets worse and worse and, the, and there is no end in sight that you are still lord of all you are so glorious beyond anything that we could ever imagine um, that, that we worship you for who you are no matter what we thank you that is true for us Go with us this week, this month. Be with us. Be with our, with our people. God, spur us on mission um, during this crazy time. I love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. And I thank you for the work of Jesus. Amen.